Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Today's show is brought to you by OnPay, the new standard in payroll. You can pay employees and contractors in minutes, automate your payroll taxes and filings, as well as provide health benefits and HR in all 50 states. For more information, visit buildingthefutureshow.com slash onpay. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Izzy and Mark, their co-founders and co-CEOs of Mode. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys on the show. I think what you guys are doing is actually really innovative and cool. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know each of you a little bit better. Maybe Izzy, if you want to give us a little bit of a background on yourself, kind of where you grew up, where you guys went to school, and then um, we'll talk about mode after that. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so I grew up in New York. I uh, spent a lot of time in Brooklyn as well as Rockland County, uh, okay. which is about a half hour to an hour out of the city. Um, from there, my family moved to Toronto when I was eight years old. Okay. Uh, so got the Canada experience. Um, ended up going back to New York for high school. Um, and as I started doing um, college and uh, was focused on getting a bachelor's in business, that's when I met Mark. Uh, I was 19 at the time and Mark was 20. And we kicked off on our first uh, venture together. Very cool. Um, so that's kind of a brief upbringing. Sure. Yeah. And, and Mark, do you want to give us a bit of background on yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm currently, uh, I'm based in the Long Island, New York. Um, I uh, got married three years ago. My wife's from here and, and she brought me out here. But I, uh, I grew up in Toronto, um, didn't know Izzy at the time while we uh, lived in the same city. And uh, actually, uh, probably we didn't go to the same uh, elementary school or something like that. But we, we definitely had mutual connections at the time. Um, but, uh, from there went to, uh, went for high school to, uh, boarding school in New Jersey. And, and after that lived in a few different, uh, cities, uh, in the U S, uh, studied in Israel actually for two years, moved back to the U S, uh, lived in San Francisco, Los Angeles. Uh, so moved around quite, quite a bit, uh, really was, was all driven by different startups, uh, that Izzy and I had founded together and worked. We're at this now for over 10 years together as, as co-founders. So um, we kind of mirrored uh, a lot of the places where we lived up until the point that I got married. And uh, now Izzy lives in Venice Beach and, and I'm in Long Island. But before the pandemic hit, um, I was out there every two, three weeks. And uh, uh, since then, things have obviously changed. But uh, we're, we're, we're kicking away and uh, doing what we do best. Very cool. So walk us through some of the startups you guys did before actually coming up with the idea for mode and then we'll dive into mode 
Sure. Uh, I think the first one was, uh, well, I, I know it, it was it was called Zuzuli, actually. It's funny saying the name because it's been so long um, <laughs> since we since we worked on that. And this was, again, like 10 years ago. Uh, concept there was basically to, to create um, a software that looks at consumers' household bills and analyzes where they could potentially be saving money by switching uh, to different service providers. And I, I think back then, LowerMyBills.com was something that was, was, was out there doing something similar. Um, so that, that was startup one. Uh, from there, uh, we actually went into the travel space. I, I'm, a, I'm a big aviation geek, and, I, and I'm not sure if it was primarily myself at the time who kind of stared us there, but we, we uh, founded a company called Airport Chatter. Um, it was a mobile app that was really for a niche market of, of road warriors um, who flew a lot, and uh, the, the goal of the product was to really create more of a uh, it, it interface with airports that didn't exist at the time. So be it, you know, finding the best lounge uh, for yourself or eateries out there in airports, et cetera. Um, and that was startup number two. Uh, startup number three, I'll, I'll allow Izzy to come into the mix. And this is uh, with our hardware startup, uh, our previous hardware startup. Um, but Izzy, maybe you want to share some more about that one. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, with Airport Chatter, we kind of got to focus a lot on, on the airport experience, and we kept realizing that the main the main problems were really these bottlenecks and lar- large lines around identifying yourself so that you can move to the next step, um, from the check-in counter to boarding uh, to the car ho- hotel rental all the way to your hotel. You're constantly just identifying yourself so that you can get past a certain um, gate. So that kind of led us to iBeacons and thinking about turning your phone into your kind of digital ID um, and using the iBeacon technology that Apple was releasing at the time um, and thinking about how do we create this, this tra- transparent digital identity that's able to be sent to the computer on the other, on the other side so that you have seamless interaction um, in those environments. And that kind of led us to this hardware company that, that we built called Altitude, um, where we use Bluetooth sensors to communicate with your phone um, and use that as the identity so that you can interact with environments. So as we zoomed out and started thinking about the technology and where uh, seamless identification is, is a key is key uh, to the experience, we um, moved towards commercial real estate where people interact with doors, elevators, et cetera, uh, up to a dozen times a day, and they're constantly identifying themselves. Um, so we started focusing on the uh, real estate buildings and, and working uh, with Bluetooth sensors to create uh, seamless environments that are adaptive to the population within it. Um, so that was definitely a, a big, uh, large learning experience for both of us. You know, prior to that, we spent a lot on building software companies um, and you know, digital marketing and everything was, was very um, software and code driven. And now thinking about Bluetooth sensors and thinking about um, getting into production and everything that's involved with that, um, there's, there's just a, a lot to learn. Um, so that was the altitude experience. And then from there, we were, were able to get excited about mode and you know start thinking about how we can create um, this 
hardware, software, platform, core mode with all the experience we've learned with Altitude. Very cool. So how did you guys come up with the idea for mode and what exactly is it? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, um, personally, I, I had some injuries uh, in my teenage years. I needed to have surgery. Um, I actually got hardware installed in my foot related to that surgery. Um, then in my early uh, in my early twenties, I needed to remove that hardware. Um, so again, had to do another surgery. That 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 surgery, um, I didn't heal fully or successfully from it, and it led to a lot of bad alignment and a lot of pain. Uh, throughout my body with time. I had consumed uh, cannabis a bit in the past for the you know, creativity and the relaxation um, aspects of it. But now with being in you know, a lot of chronic pain, um, I really focused in on you know, what cannabinoids do I need and what dosage do I need it to achieve the results I'm looking for. And if you go into a dispensary today, it's just, it's an overwhelming, you know, kind of mess of options. And it's really each individual's journey to go and start experimenting with different form factors, experimenting with different strains, experimenting with different dosage. And, uh, you know, we think that it takes about a year, if not more, of buying expensive products and having negative experiences and positive experiences until you kind of hone in and start understanding, okay, this is how cannabis works for me. Um, and that's just not going to be the case as we look at the mainstream market. Uh, so as a technology designer now for 10 years, and Mark and I having all this um, hardware experience related to building IoT platforms, it just became a very interesting and opportune time to focus on this. Um, so as I was, as we were thinking about um, what the right way to consume and how do you consume by the milligram, it became obvious that dosing is the, the key part. Um, and we saw vapor as the future where it's a very discreet, simple, efficient delivery mechanism that has a very quick onset. Um, so together as co-founders, we brought on board Steve as our third co-founder. Um, and together we, we started putting the pieces in place to how do you create a personalization platform for cannabis using the standard 510 credit cartridge. Got you. So how did you guys fund uh, mode at the beginning because obviously building a hardware software startup isn't cheap. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not. Um, well, I, I think it might be might be uh, helpful to go back just to really the beginning of and when we started on this. I think sure. it was, yeah, well, it was 2016 at the last um, uh, elections in the U.S. I remember Izzy and I were having drinks um, on a rooftop bar in LA uh, and we were watching at the time they were voting for proposition 64, which is uh, was the proposition for California to allow for cannabis uh, for recreational use. And that was um, also at the time where we had just uh, exited our, our prior startup altitude. And, and we, we've always talked about different ideas and, and what's next. And I, I think that really, Proposition 64 being voted in and, and seeing that, hey, this is really happening or cannabis this is becoming uh, legalized for recreational use in, you know, the largest, uh, you know, populated state. Um, this is something that it really makes sense to focus on. So from there, we, we really started testing the waters with some of our um, 
uh, investor base that we have had in the past um, as we were building out our, you know, investment decks, et cetera. Uh, but what we realized really quickly is that um, kind of the traditional Silicon Valley, uh, Sand Hill Road venture funds, like, won't touch this with a 10-foot pole because sure. cannabis still uh, in the U.S. especially is federally illegal. So from that perspective, it was a really big learning curve for us to figure out where do we get the cash that we need to build our, our MVP. And um, we, uh, it, it took some time, but it was really a matter of breaking into a new community, a new network of, of cannabis uh, investors, which back then was pretty small. It's still fairly small today. Um, but uh, we, we, we ended up uh, getting our first check in from a cold email um, to a fund called Merida Capital based in New York, which is currently um, one of the, the, the primary um, preeminent uh, funds here uh, in the United States that focus, well, actually in Canada as well, um, on, can, on uh, cannabis investments. And uh, yeah, from there, we obviously uh, were able to, to get more money in the door because we, we have a product today, which we'll talk about, but it was, it was a big learning curve uh, getting in there. So walk us through the journey of how you came up with the look and feel of the actual device, because it, it looks quite different from, I think, a lot of other products in the industry. Uh, yeah, sure. So that, that's, that's by intention. Um, we, we really try to zoom out and, and think about what does mainstream cannabis look like, you know, uh, in, in five years from now, in 10 years from now, um, and really just positioning ourselves in that mindset. And what we're realizing is there's this transition phase from where we are, um, especially being California, being one of the earlier states to, um, make it normal so to speak uh, we've seen a lot of a lot of growth and a lot of movement um, but from where we are to uh, until it's mainstream there's a stigma to overcome uh, and there's a a whole new customer base that that wants something that that works with their lifestyle um, so today's product it looks like you know drug paraphernalia it looks like um, vices and we really try to move away from that and think, what is a consumer electronics device that is a mainstream tool for people uh, in the health and wellness space? How does that look? How does it behave? And how do we simplify this uh, so that any person, whether it's a, a mother or grandmother or um, a, a younger person who needs to use this and wants to get specific results, how, how do we simplify this process for them? where it doesn't anymore feel uh, complex, it doesn't feel overwhelming, and they just need to think about how many milligrams do I need to achieve this specific outcome. Uh, so that was really the desired direction that we went into it with. Um, from there, we brought on some amazing industrial designers and uh, mechanical engineers as partners who helped us um, develop the exact final you know, look and feel of it. Yeah, I would say also that we we, we really um, looking for like the industrial designer to help bring this product to life. We really focus on those that didn't do anything in the e-cigarette or cannabis space um, because we, we really felt that this needed to be, like as you said, a, a consumer electronics device that doesn't look like anything that's out there today. Um, so we, we got a great um, industrial designer on board. Uh, the, uh, his name is Scott Erbst. And for example, he's designed products like Molecule, 
um, which is the uh, conducted air purifier. But for, for us, that was like a super important uh, fact that we, we just didn't want to really work with people that had spent time before in the industry that we're in because we felt that we needed to take an entirely different approach. No, makes makes total sense. So walk us through how people actually use the device and then how it actually ties to an app on their phone. Uh, yep, I can do that. So well, once a consumer purchases the mode device, um, they download the mode app and go through an onboarding flow. So we asked them specific questions about their physiological makeup and their intentions with cannabis. This helps us start building a personalized profile for them. Um, once they've done that and they've set up their profile within the app and connected their device, they go to uh, their local dispensary and they buy a 510 threaded cartridge. Uh, the 510 thread is, is the, currently the standard and about 75% uh, of the market, of the vape market. Um, so at any local dispensary, you should be able to find a 510 ready cartridge. Uh, once you've done that, you identify the cartridge in the app. So we'll have a directory and you'll be able to choose the cartridge that you just purchased. From there, you slide the cartridge into the device. So we developed a proprietary quick snap connector that allows you to insert and connect the cartridge by simply pushing it into the port uh, without needing to screw it in or use any additional magnets. So that's a big uh, UX improvement that again helps make it more mainstream, more um, more seamless for consumers. Uh, from there, you set the milligram amount you want on the device, and you do that through our capacitive touch slider. So there's an area on the device that you can uh, double tap and and swipe up and down, and adjust the dose amount on the screen. Um, from there, you inhale the dose, so you get that, and it'll give you that exact milligram amount. The device vibrates once the dose has been completed. It shuts off the vapor, and then it vibrates again when you should exhale. So you get the full absorption of that vapor pill. Um, once you've taken your dose, you open the app again, and you can start seeing analytics on your intake to start understanding how the, the strain and the dosage is affecting you. And then as we continue to build out the mobile app, we'll be incorporating many additional features, some smart dose plans and regimens, do a feedback loop on, on the effect so we can start providing personalized recommendations on cartridges, dosing, and timing. So essentially what, what this creates is an opportunity to start collecting data that we can then provide back to uh, the individual and give them personalized recommendations about what they should consume, when should they should consume it, and how much they should consume to get the right result. So if somebody's never used cannabis before or well and or your device how do they know where to start and can they use the device without the app or how does that work uh yeah so you can use the device without the app um to get the ideal experience we believe the app is very powerful and you can think of it as an operating system for consuming cannabis uh, so we, you know, we're designers, uh, two of the three co-founders have a design background and, um, being in technology and design, we, we really think about the user experience and how we can simplify and educate throughout the process. Um, so the device, the unboxing experience is, is, is very clean and, and guides them through 
unboxing the device and using it for the first time. From there on the app, we're uh, educating them along the way and making sure that they're not confused or overwhelmed. We really see this as a way to bring on people who can use cannabis and, and know that there's benefits for them, but are concerned about it, the effects or doing too much or not knowing how to go about it. Uh, this is a great onboarding platform where we think within one to two weeks, we can guide the right person to consuming the right amount for the result for the effects they're looking for, you know, versus like I'd mentioned before, taking up to a year of experimenting. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So how did you guys decide like which features to kind of launch with compared to your long-term roadmap? Because that in itself can be really tricky, especially when you're tying hardware and software together. Uh, yes, that's definitely the case. Um, and definitely something which has a lot of, spend a lot of time continuously trying to prioritize. Um, I'm, you know, being more on the product side, I, I, as a designer, I tend to, you know, go deep and, and try to design out the, the perfect solution. Um, but ultimately, you got to ship and you got to ship on time. And there, it, it needs to be continuously prioritized. What do we think is the most important? How do we get the feedback? Um, from different groups and potential customers to validate that these are the key features and then, you know, slowly improve from there. Nope. Makes, makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious though, I, I know like, obviously I think just being kind of Canadian and it's legal here federally and across the country. It, it, it amazed me how many people that once it became legal were, were like, oh, I want to try this now for something. And I heard, and I'm not talking just recreational. I'm talking like, they're like, I know it's, I've heard it's good for pain or this or that, that, that is more medical related. It was always kind of fascinating to me. And, and I think a, a device like what you guys are building with mode, just the fact that it, like you guys, it doesn't look like a traditional recreational device is what people in that market are really looking for because if somebody finds it it doesn't really have the same stigma of it as like a traditional kind of device do you know what i'm getting at there yeah yeah i mean we really uh, it stands for our mission and um like our mission at mode was is uh, from from day one has been about decoding the complexities of cannabis uh, because it's really not a one-size-fits-all and, and part of that is also like raising the awareness for all the health benefits that Cannabis could can provide somebody when using it responsibly. Uh, so for like as you just said, it's really not so much for just recreational use. Uh, people depend, people want to use it, and people currently depend on cannabis for a variety of uh, of medical reasons on a daily basis. And we found that um, for many consumers, whether they are using it today, consuming it today, or they want to consume it, there is this question about like the consumption right like yeah. what should i take how much should i take and that's um the four pillars that we built mode around and i'll just touch on them briefly sure. so that so that it really sheds more light on it and the first one is context so cannabis has it affects us all differently um and it, it depends on on our physiological makeup and, and uh how just we're built and uh there's the, the the ability to find the patterns between its effects 
and and you and, and a unique person. It's kind of the first step in understanding how cannabis truly works. So that's that's context. The second one that we focus on is intention. So that's understanding how you want to feel. Right? What is what is your goal with consuming cannabis? And, and yeah, I think it's important for a consumer to think about that. Right? There are consumers that just want to consume cannabis, and and that's great. Um, but there are, there are consumers that want a, a an outcome, right? An effective outcome. So that is like, what is your intention? Uh, and then the third one is a strain. So there there are hundreds, of, if not thousands, of different cannabis products on the market. Um, here in in the U.S., there's so many brands that pop up every day, and and Canada as well. Um, and they they all have different uh, you know amounts of THC and CBD and there, there's just there's an overload for consumers to really decide and figure out uh, what is the right product for myself. Uh, and so that's number three. And then the fourth one is the dose, which is understanding once you once you figure it out, what am I? What is my? How do I want to feel? Um, and the the product that's good for you, it's it's how many milligrams should you take of that specific product? Because it's it's especially in in vapor it's it, it has um, really fast bioavailability and and therefore it, it can get you really quickly and it's important for you to like think about and and know how many milligrams you need to achieve that effective outcome and doing that on your own uh, unless you've been doing this for for a long time and you've been sticking with the same products is really hard so that's uh, hard and almost impossible so that's that's really the the basis for mode and and that th- helps us um, I think going back to the other question in terms of like what should we build right now and 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 going out in the future, this is like our 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 thing that we see and say, okay, does this solve the problems that we're trying to achieve? And and that that really helps us with that direction. No, I I think that makes a lot of sense. So, you guys are co CEOs. I'm curious why you guys chose to do that, and what are the pros and cons that you guys have experienced? Because you clearly work well together. You've done a number of companies together. You've had some successful exits. So walk us through why you chose that and uh, some pros and cons. Sure. I mean, I think when when Izzy and I started working together, we actually had no idea what each other's, um, you know, who who did what and who who did something better or not as good as the other person. Right. Um, and it, it took some time to figure that out. Um, and uh, it, given that this is our, our fourth rodeo together, when we started this one, we we kind of thought about it. And, and titles, for the most part, um, especially when you you have an early stage startup. Uh, they're they're pretty external focused, right? Because at the end of the day, when you're when you're a few co-founders and 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 some early employees, like everybody is doing everything to a certain extent. Of course, you you want to know what you should be focusing on, and and that's that's important. But um, it doesn't mean that you know if someone if someone needs to jump on on a product call or someone needs to jump on a finance call, it doesn't mean that specifically is going to be you know one person or the other. Um, but we, we found is, is really, um, and we weren't the first ones to do this, you know, the co-CEOs started, started to become a thing in the past years. And, you know, as big companies like Salesforce do startups like Allbirds, I believe, have, have co-CEOs. But um, I think it was just more kind of an external thing. And, and given that we, we have this 10 plus years experience working together, um, it felt right uh, versus like taking on a CEO or a president role like I think it also it, it it helps us share to people that we're working with that hey there are people here that have a great relation working relationship together um, that we trust each other so much to kind of 
like split that title. Um, so it, it was, it, it definitely has that, that effect when you do meet people and they see that, you know, like wh- why are these people, why are they co-CEOs, these founders? And, um, for us, we're proud of the fact that, uh, we have this, this, this such, this 10 plus years together and, um, you know, we're, we're still have a great relationship and, um, that, that really talks to, I think that part. And in terms of like, we're splitting up responsibilities. I mean, it allows you to talk is you, you can talk about more about, kind of the, the core focus, but um, Izzy's a fantastic um, user experience uh, strategist, and, and that's that's kind of the, at the end of the day, your, your company, especially in, um, as a technology company, really stems from, from product. So um, I definitely defer more, um, Izzy's kind of leads all that in terms of how product, product touches consumer and any other stakeholders, um, where, you know, I've been more focused on some of like the let's say capital raising to uh, bringing the right um, partners and that we need in terms of building our product and in terms of business development, et cetera. But if I were to sum it up, I, I think it's really a very even playing field and um, you know, Hey, that's why we're both on, you know, taking this, this, uh, this interview together because we really do tax a lot on, on many different aspects of uh, the business um, in terms of where we are today. No, I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you're right. Like, I always find titles to be like an interesting thing because some some people deserve the titles they have, others don't. And I would put myself in both of those categories at some point in, in kind of my past. So I, I always kind of find it funny. And, and you're right. Like, especially when you're in the early days, you're kind of doing everything, right? It doesn't really matter what your title is because you are literally doing everything. Yeah. So... I want to dive a little bit into the user experience of the actual app because, um, and people can go look online, but the the app is very simple. It's very clean. It's very modern. How did you guys come to decide that that was going to be the focus and the experience that you wanted? Because let's be honest here. You guys have people from all ages and backgrounds and some people are very tech savvy and not tech savvy at all and kind of everywhere in between. So how did you guys kind of manage that when you're building a product for so many different types of people? All right. Uh, that's a great question. Um, and it took us a, a good amount of time to, to work through all of that. We, we also did work with a great uh, branding and design um, team, an external team called Herman Share, and they've really helped hone our, our visual thinking and, and get us to this clean and simple point. Uh, but essentially, we're, we're trying to um, simplify this down to the point where you can give it to your grandmother, you can give it to someone who's currently not tech savvy at all. It shouldn't be something that, that concerns them, that there's a mobile app and there's a device and, you know, I, I'm not up for it. It needs to be extremely easy for your, your mainstream consumer who's not too tech savvy. From there, as 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 we launch and we do start building that more advanced uh, user base, there there's definitely more technical features that we have planned and and things that we will be rolling out for those users. But as a starting point, we know on launch day, um, a for the internal teams to be able to execute successfully. And then B for the initial um, 
market push. We, we just want to really have a, a simplified user experience um, where there's no hiccups and you get the value right away. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about pricing and when people can actually uh, actually order and get one in their hands. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, people can go to mo.to today to, uh, to sign up to a wait list. And uh, it's .to, not .com. Uh, we are, are currently in the, uh, the manufacturing process with a target to ship units in the second quarter of 2021. And um, the price point that we'll be launching this product at is $100 uh, US, and that's the MSRP. Um, prior to Q2, we will be uh, launching a pre-order campaign, and um, that should be live uh, early uh, 2021. So uh, within January, that should go live. Um, and, um, you know, that's going to help us gauge the, uh, the number of the, the amount of units that we'll be pushing out first, but also give some type of priority to uh, consumers. And, um, you know, it's very important for us to be talking to our consumers as we are through the manufacturing process. Um, and, and that's something that we've been doing um, since we started manufacturing. And uh, we certainly encourage people to, to go to our website, and there's a lot of content up there today already in terms of uh, what the, the device, the mode device provides, and, and also what the app um, provides as well. Nope, that makes some sense. So I'm curious about the manufacturing process. How did you guys decide who to use as a manufacturer? Because I think that can be very tricky. Yeah, so in the same um, kind of direction that we, we've alluded to in some of, the, of our other points we talked about, we, we brought on board um, a group of great partners across the board. So whether that's uh, industrial design, brand, um, that same thing goes to manufacturing. So we, our experience with our last startup, um, we were in the, the hardware space, is that it's certainly complex to navigate there, and, and you really you can't get it wrong because – it's so sensitive as it is to manufacture a product um, to get to that point of manufacturing and the manufacturing itself that it just has to be right the first time around. And we chose to really de-risk that by partnering with a, with a very small group who uh, has shipped many, uh, well, millions of consumer uh, electronic devices. Um, for example, they're responsible for the latest Google Glass that has come out um, in 2019, I believe, and uh, Jawbone before that. So we, um, we created this partnership, and uh, that allows, uh, allowed us to really de-risk the manufacturing process because we, we have a team that has direct relationships with contract manufacturers, uh, creates entire um, uh, manufacturing um, uh, process on the ground and uh, where, where it's being manufactured, and uh, really give us all the confidence that we need. So um, from that perspective, uh, we have that. We have our manufacturing lines um, um, set up, and uh, we have great confidence in, in achieving that goal. Very cool. So we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but you guys have done this, the startup space, hardware, software, a bunch of times. Is there any advice that you would want to give to somebody starting out whether they're doing a hardware or software play or, or one of the other, or is there any good advice that you kind of maybe wish you knew um, years ago that you kind of know now that you've been through it a bunch of times? 
Um, I, I think from, from my perspective, uh, it, this is obviously it's a learning process in terms of uh, how to go about bringing a product to market. But when, when having a really clear narrative of the user experience, like why is someone using this, pro- this product? What is the problem you're solving? Um, it, as really step one before thinking about anything has, has really proven to be very helpful for us. And, you know, I think that we didn't necessarily have that in the beginning when Izzy and I started working on startups and, and um, that became really clear to us, like focus on this, on the user experience and, and really think about the consumer um, in depth. Um, and then, you know, the other point is just as, as a founder um, and an entrepreneur, I think that really luck plays a big role. So it's not something that you can plan for, but it's something that you really, you know, you hope for. Um, Izzy, do you have anything to share on that? Uh, yeah, um, kind of similar to you. It's about making sure before you, you know, get that investment dollars, et cetera, that there's a real, a real user uh, experience problem solution um, defined to the point when, when the capital does hit the bank, you can, you can execute successfully in, in the building part of it, um, and but not spending as much cycles trying to figure out what you're doing. Um, along with that, I think really bringing on the best teams that you can find and, and really focusing on that. Mark has done a, a wonderful job of being able to, to find online the, the best teams um, and help recruit them so that they're working with us uh, as efficiently as possible. Um, experience goes a long way, especially in hardware. Um, and then with hardware, just hardware is hard. And, you know, we, we heard that, that saying um, over the last 10 years as, as technology entrepreneurs. But when you're really in it you, and you really realize the amount of different experience uh, disciplines that need to be at the table and the amount of decision making on so many minute details and tolerances and manufacturing related um, aspects and sourcing, there really is just so much more that needs to be planned for successfully and executed in an efficient manner. So um, when taking on a hardware project, make sure you have experienced people in the room, make sure that there's a real plan in place before the money um, hits the bank so that everybody's executing successfully. No, makes a lot of sense. So we're kind of coming to the end. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and any other links you want to mention? Yeah, I would say uh, mode.co is, is the best place and uh, that uh, to get any information um, on our products. And uh, we'll be updating that as we uh, get closer to the launch date. And uh, as I said, we'll, we'll, we will be um, also rolling out a pre-order um, on the website itself uh, in January. So I, that's, uh, that's the place to be. Very cool. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and have a good rest of your day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.